0: Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Let's get relaxed and ready to receive the message. We're going to roll our shoulders back, we're going to loosen that jaw, and this week's mantra is, I'm going to do what works for me, right? That seems simple. Well, yeah, no shit, I'm going to do what works for me. I always do what works for me. Well, do we? Some of us are givers and we're bleeders. We're not just giving, we're bleeding, we're hemorrhaging, we're bleeding out, trying to please everyone around us. Or sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes what we're responding to and our behavior is fueled not so much by what we actually want, what we find fun, what's healthy. It's fueled by fear, right? And so it's important that we step back and we're like, what is motivating my behavior? Is it distraction? Do I have some sort of psychological splinter that I don't want to address and pull out? Am I afraid to be alone? Is there something else I need to turn my attention to and I just kind of don't feel like it? Am I people pleasing? Am I afraid? Am I falling victim to like opinions from other people that I've somehow taken as absolute fact and they're not? It's always important to step back. So let's get into our first question. This, oh wait, we didn't do our breathing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. We're going (laughs) to inhale through our nose do what works for me. Hold that breath and now let it out. Ah. One more time. In through the nose. Ah. Okay, now we can get into our question. So Jenna had this question. She said, I've written to you before about self-esteem and all this stuff, and I realized eh, I maybe had some things to work on. But I'm having some issues in my current relationship. There was a lot of issues regarding trust. He cheated on me once and I kind of never got over it. And now I feel like I just need a lot of attention. I don't get along with his friends as I have like different social parameters that need to be met and stuff like that. I always kind of feel a little manic when something's out of place. Like we're on a break right now and I've already failed the icing him out that you always talk about. That's right. Totally failed it. And I'm not really respecting the space he needs. I just can't seem to stop grieving and calling and texting. How do I recover from the I need you, I miss you calls and be like cool for him again? Because I feel like I'm driving this person away. Mm, 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 mm. I've been in this loop. Oh, my God. I mean, have we not all been in this place where we just feel so out of control, and then manic, and then ashamed of how out of control we were, then we need more validation. So we reach out again, and on and on and on until we're absolutely miserable. We look and sound and feel insane. And we just don't know how to right the ship. All right, for sure. We've all been there. When we feel that hysteria, honestly, it has nothing to do with the other person. I I know, you're like, all I can think about is him and getting him back, blah, blah, blah. That mania, that intensity shows that, like, it's disproportionate, right? It's disproportionate. This guy and this dynamic, this behavior, it's bigger than just him. It's evocative of something else. Maybe something from your childhood. Does his behavior mirror your family's? Or conversely, is it the opposite of what your parents did and now you're, like, addicted to it? That, you know, he's behaving a little bit differently. Does he offer some promise of, I don't know, fill in the blank? Distraction? A social circle? A purpose in life? Feeling normal or on schedule? There's some thing under there. That psychological splinter that we always talk about. And digging it out isn't fun. But honey, neither is this. Right? You're miserable. You're fucking miserable. I can feel the mania in your voice, in your message, it just in the words, in the static words. I know that place. I was in that place before. I've I've been in it recently, in this like in this Taylor Swiftian like s- sadness loop. And I was like, why can't I pull out of this? Like, what is happening? And I think I've talked about it before. It's that I was obsessing about this guy because I really liked his group of girlfriends. And I'm like, I can't lose him or I'm gonna lose them. And then I realized, wait a minute, he's not my only shot to make friends in this new town. Those girls aren't the only girls I'm ever gonna talk to. And you know what? If I never talk to them again, that's fine. There's more than just them. I can meet more people. It's that's okay. But that's the thing. I had to get to the root of it so that I could dismantle those fear stories I was telling myself. because when I look at them in the face, you're never gonna make friends if it's not through him. It was like insane. It was insane. And if you if you can't tell if something's insane, imagine saying it to your best friend. If you heard your best friend saying, I have to hold on to this toxic relationship, this guy who's cheating on me, whatever it might be, because I'm never going to make friends without him. You'd be like, I mean, Becca, what what are you talking about? That's that's crazy. That's clearly not the case, right? You know, it's not the case for your friends. You know, it's probably not the case for me. Why do you think it's the case for you? So it's time to dig. It's time to sit and get to the root of what you're feeling. You know, and like I said, I was just in this. So look at what you're afraid of. Follow that fear because the fear is calling to you. The fear is calling you to action and you are taking action, but you're taking the wrong kind of action. You're taking the crazy mania action. The I'm going to call him 10 times and I need this and I'm going to go buy his house. No, honey, let the fear call you in a different direction. I'm going to take action to figure out what the fuck's going on underneath this. I'm going to take action to figure out if these stories I'm telling myself are so weird and not true. If they're not true for anyone else on planet Earth, why are they true for me? How realistic is your fear? Do you legit think no one else is going to love you? Do you legit think this is like, you know, the happiest you're ever going to be? Or do you actually really need to focus on things like your health, your career, school, and he's offering you a convenient distraction? Hone in on that and you'll find answers. And that's the foundation of finding peace. And once you have that peace, you can control your behavior. You're not at the whims of the fear anymore. You are the master and commander. And then that's going to shine through. Let the dust settle a little bit. You know, you honestly, you need to take some time to like let the crazy kind of wear off and him to forget that craziness. And then you can call him in a week or two and speak neutrally. Be like, hey, you know what? When I was acting like that, what was actually going on was X, Y, and Z. And he's going to be like, wow, good. Thank you. The, yes, I want to know that. People want to know the why of our behavior because that gives them sort of like a reassurance that it's not going to happen again. There's nothing I hate more than, well, I'm sorry. I don't fucking hear you're sorry. I want to know why you did that. I want to see some self-awareness because self-awareness is growth. And I'm down to partner with somebody who's growing. You don't have to be a finished product, but I want to know that you're moving in the right track and you're getting practiced at that self-awareness because that's what I want to be. And I want you to lift me up when I'm being like, well, I'm sorry. I " I want you to be like Shallon, sit down, pull out that splinter and grow the fuck up. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Great. My friends are like that. My family's like that. I need that in a partner. And so do you. And you also need to be that person, not just for your partner, not just for your relationship, but for yourself. This question comes from Adeline. She said, Oh, am I an idiot? It's titled, Am I an Idiot? Which girl, honey, I've been there. She said, We've been together for three years. And when we first met, he was perfect. However, he soon lost his good paying job and relied on me financially. I got in a lot of debt supporting us. And for three years, he was looking for a job, but nothing ever really materialized. He was also very negative, complaining about everything. And that put a lot of stress on me. Finally, I had the courage to break up with him. He moved to live with his mom and continues to text me, though, saying he's learned his lesson. He'll change and come back for me. I know he's manipulating me, but why do I still feel like I want to get back together with him? Help oh, I, honey, I know, I know. I remember when I was like 24 and I broke up with this guy and I I just missed him so much, even though he was the worst, the worst. He dumped me on Valentine's Day, for God's sakes. Anyway, I just missed him so much. And I remember my roommate at the time saying, she's like, just because you miss something doesn't mean it's right. Just because like you feel a longing for someone doesn't mean it needs to be in your life. She's like, do you know what else you get like this about food when you're on a diet and you can't have the Buffalo wings and you're not getting the creme brulee, you're sitting there writhing in your seat at dinner, but I want it. But you acknowledge with that food, it's not healthy. It's not right. We're not having it. It's not benefiting your life. And I I remember that hit me so hard because I was like, Holy shit, just because you miss something doesn't mean it's healthy. In fact, You usually miss the things that aren't healthy because there's some part of you that's like indulging in that sick, like, you know, just toxicity, this toxicity loop where we want to, as the the saying goes, throw good money after bad. It's like a saying that they use when someone gets conned, like don't throw good money after bad. You already invested $500,000. Don't invest $1,000 more. Like it's over. And we want to do that with people. We want to just keep investing and get something out of it and flip the script and like it is with food we can be like yeah no that's completely right like not drinking I know is annoying but it's better for me same with not smoking whatever but with a person we're like no how could I deny myself because this is love and we gotta do whatever we can for love fuck love but we'll get to that in a minute So one thing I've learned about manipulative people is that they're not always doing it consciously. He probably does feel like he's learned his lesson. He's probably in pain, but that's actually kind of irrelevant. I said this before. Intentions mean almost nothing. Nothing. Character is not intention. Character is action. Oh, but he's a really good guy, though. That's funny because he set a church on fire and killed a bunch of people. Is he a good guy? His actions say otherwise, Right. Is this dude still at his mom's? Is he still broke? Has he sent you a check to help ameliorate your debt? No? Then his intentions don't matter because his actions have not changed. I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah. Miss the woman who was supporting and loving his useless ass because clearly the only other woman up for that job is the one who gave birth to him. Don't parent a boyfriend. It's the biggest time suck ever. I, I've done it. I've done it so many times and you get absolutely nothing out of it. So no, you're not an idiot for missing him. Of course you do. You loved him. But here's where we say fuck love. Love is, honestly, maybe 15% of what makes a partnership work. Some like bullshit manic high school relationship. Sure, yeah. Love is most of it because, you know, you're not dealing with the real world. You're not dealing with logistics and like day-to-day stuff, like the things that create a partnership. I didn't choose that word accidentally. But you are an adult and you are dealing with those things. So you need an actual partner. Not saying that every single person you date, you got to marry, but there has to be an element of partnership, not parentship, not a son. You could be parenting an actual son. I would say that all the time to my useless ex-boyfriend. I'm like, I could be parenting a real child who would at least offer me a modicum of loyalty and obedience instead of you. Not some failure to launch adult who only has dependency and woe as an offering as this guy does for you. This guy is not a fit mate. He's not a mate maybe one day he will be but he's not now and we can't date potential don't beat yourself up for missing him but also don't go back the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior and you've had three years of logging data with which to forecast the future read that forecast believe it you did the hard thing you got out you did it block his number keep it moving forward let him stay stuck in neutral well up next we got ourselves a sex question from emily she said i'm scared of not knowing what to do when it comes to well sex and please continue to talk about it on infstream oh and by the way head over to infstream it's a sexy platform that i am on now in addition to youtube where we can do videos like pg-13 very safe for work videos talking about kissing hand jobs blow jobs we've got a dirty talk tutorial coming this week youtube demonetizes this stuff and so we need a place where we can talk some trash right ladies let's talk about that wop okay so emily said i made up with a random guy that i was so attracted to at a party the kisses were so hot and in the heat of the moment i gave him a hand job it was my first one i'm 21 and your video was so helpful He finished, but when I was doing it, I was just so insecure. I did not know what I was doing. And I'm a pleaser, so it's important for me to feel like I'm pleasing a guy. Because I'm 21 and a virgin, most guys I hook up with, they're going to have a lot more experience. And I'm insecure that I won't be as good as the other girls. I'm excited about becoming sexual and sexually active, but I feel like a child, honestly. I'm an amazing kisser, but other than that, I don't know. I just feel so behind and clumsy. Ugh, I've been there. I've been, I've been to all these places, (laughs) all the stuff you guys send me. I know I always say it's like, oh, I've been there, but I have, I have. I've always said I was a virgin until I was 21. You know, I didn't kiss anyone until I was 18. And I felt like that too. I felt behind, like she said, childlike, behind, clumsy. And it's like, I've told this story before. I was talking to like my college best friend the other day and I was like, yeah, you know, I was like the world's oldest virgin at 21. She's like, you were? I'm like, yeah, hello. And she's like, I totally forgot about that. She's like, I mean, yeah, of course, like at the time I knew it, but I just, I don't ever think of that. And it just hit me like, no one, Shallon, is thinking about what you're doing with your own pussy. Nobody's thinking about it. There's not a whiteboard they've got in the basement logging things. Nobody cares about anyone but themselves. Like, for real. You wouldn't care what people thought about you if you knew how seldom they did. So, what are you stressing about? But look, I get it. It's a logistical thing. You're like, it's not about what other people are saying. It's like, I literally lack the experience. Okay. So many girls stress about their performance. Sex is not a performance. I have never, ever, ever heard a guy say that a girl was not experienced enough for him, ever. In fact, it can be kind of the opposite. What I do hear is that a girl is too insecure or not communicating. This is what a guy truly hates because then he doesn't know if he's pleasing her and he starts questioning his performance. Sidebar. The number one thing a guy stresses about in bed is his performance, whereas we stress about our bodies, which guys do not give a fuck about. Like when they were polled about that, they were like, what? She's stressing about her cellula. I don't at all notice that. Just like we're like his performance. I what is this, like the Russian gymnastics team? I'm not like scoring him. Anyway, and then when he starts getting that stress about his performance, his view of the hookup is not a positive one. I've slept with my fair share of guys. Well, several people's fair share probably. But it's like driving a car. You know, each one is different and it takes a minute to figure out and get comfortable behind the wheel, adjust the mirrors, all of that, you know. So I ask, do you like it when I do this? How does that feel? Slower, faster, harder, softer. Guys like to be asked, anything's sexy if you whisper it. I just got my taxes done, yeah? You like that? Taking my knives down to the butcher to get sharpened. Maybe gonna debone a duck later. You know, whatever. You just say it. It's, It's sexy. Anything is sexy if you communicate. Hooking up is all about communications. It's not really about orgasms. We can all give those to ourselves in 30 seconds, right? And it's certainly, certainly... Not about performance. He's not sitting there with a mental scoreboard about your skills. He's just psyched to be with a girl at all, honestly. Literally no guy will know how much you have or haven't experienced. It's just not something they focus on unless you do. And if you don't know what you're doing, ask him. How do you like me to suck your dick? How do you like me to touch your cock? Do you like me to say this? Do you want me to turn around? I hate being on top. I'm so lazy. So I put their hands on my hips and I say, move me how you like it. Move me how it feels good. And then I go with it. You know, I'm not like experimenting I, I don't know I don't really have like the energy for that so it's like I want to know that my efforts are going straight to the point point. and they like it because they're like oh I like how much you talk and communicate and then it encourages them to communicate and talk and ask us hey do you like it when I do this should I put my hand there and then it makes such a better experience look don't ever have an apology-based mentality about sex don't don't go in and oh I have no experience You know what that's going to lead to? And I am not joking around here. It's going to lead you to hook up with some people who really can traumatize you. And you're only in these situations that might be dangerous or you don't like them or they're going to talk shit about you or whatever because you're trying to feel normal, you know, and like on schedule, you're trying to get your numbers up. Uh Uh-uh, girl. You're going to live to be like, what, 95? Plenty of time to hoe up a storm. Plenty of time. So don't stress about when you kick off your sexual career. If it's June 2020... November 2020, April 2021, who cares? Again, there is no scorecard, but you are going to care if you get yourself into some traumatizing situations that will last. Nobody cares what you're doing. Your timeline is yours alone, and it is perfectly okay and valid.